Hey, this is Zach Catanzaro. And I'm Walker Lukens. We're the hosts of Song Confessional, the only podcast where today's top songwriters turn your anonymous stories into original songs. This week, we've got a salacious tale of train platforms and anonymous hookups. Austin songstress Buffalo Hunt transforms the confession into a cinematic indie pop gem, exploring the dark pleasures of our bad decisions. Listen to Song Confessional at KUTX.org or wherever you listen to podcasts. From KUT and KUTX Studios. Hey there. It's Elizabeth, and I want to let you know about a podcast I've been helping produce called The Breaks. You see, Confucius Jones and Fresh Night host a Saturday night hip-hop show called The Breaks here at KUTX, the radio station in Austin, Texas, where we make this podcast. And now, every Monday, you can hear highlights from that show on The Breaks podcast. Confucius and Fresh have these wide-ranging conversations about all things hip-hop and Austin's hip-hop and R&B scenes and about their lived experiences in the live music capital of the world. And I am very proud to be a part of this podcast, which is why I'm sharing the first episode with you. So if you like it, you should totally subscribe to The Breaks. You can find them at KUTX.org slash The Breaks or wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for The Breaks KUTX. And I will be back this Thursday with an episode featuring pop singer and songwriter Shura. But for now, here are The Breaks. I'm Fresh and you are now listening to The Breaks Podcast. These are highlights from our Saturday night hip-hop show on KUTX 98.9 in Austin, Texas. My co-host Confucius Jones and I are native Austinites and we love talking hip-hop. Texas hip-hop, hip-hop history, and what's going on right now. And just so you know, the opinions expressed in the podcast are our own and do not necessarily reflect the position of KUTX Austin. I'm Fresh. I'm Confucius. And we have a jam-packed show tonight. We have a very special guest in the studio tonight. We got CP Looney in the building. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, we're going to give him, of course, the, the interview only the breaks can give and also learn some more insight about him and his newest release. But, of course, we also give music news as it happens. And, uh, of course, our three segments, Austin Music Experience, uh, Unpopular Opinion, and Confucius Says. So, I got a question for you, Fresh. You're a fan of the Joe Budden Podcast. I am. Um... What's going on with him and uh, Charlemagne? Um, the way he explained it, nothing really. He, his beef isn't with Charlemagne. His beef with is with I guess this, I guess Netflix and how things panned out. So yeah. the whole rhythm and flow show, I guess before it went into production and before it aired on Netflix, Joe got a call from an executive at Netflix uh, pertaining to the show and. Them asking him, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And Joe gave his opinion on it. Well, I like this. I don't like that. I like this. And I like that. And I guess Joe and his uh, manager, Ian, were thinking that Joe was going to be up for that position. Whatever show that they were going to do, which became the Rhythm and Flow with Chance, Cardi, and T.I., they were thinking Joe was going to be on that. Then they got the call that Joe didn't get it. We gave it to T.I. T.I. got it. And then Joe was just like, well... 
He was like, I wasn't tripping off that. He was like, I hate it for a little bit, but he was like, I, I'm not tripping off that. T.I. deserved it. It's tip. It's tip. He deserved it. He, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to hate on that. And then he found out, like, you know, Charlemagne ended up getting a show that's ironically called State of the Flow. And Joe was just like, well, that's odd. It's a panel of people talking. I do a show with a panel of people called, talking, also called State of the Culture. And y'all are basically on that show doing what I do on my show on Revolt. And then he was like, then he found out Scotty Bean got a show with Netflix. And it's like after the flow or something like that. And it's basically a panel of people talking about the culture. And Joe was just like, well, Scotty used to work with me at Revolt on State of the Culture. And he was just like, it just looked fishy. And he was basically, he said he had this conversation with Elliot Wilson and he was just, he said he told Elliot that he's not, he's not the one to be quick to just take the check. Oh, he was like, if he was like, I know Charlamagne and them got the breakfast club. If somebody come to me and offer me a show and say, we want you to do this, this, this show, this radio show called Breakfast Brunch. And he was like, I'm not finna do that. I already know that already exists. And I already know somebody that I'm, I'm cool with and I'm friends with is doing this exact same thing. And y'all kind of got this from them doing it. So that was his whole point is that some people within the culture are quick to just run out there and take the check from the, from the big conglomerate, the big fortune 500 publicly traded company. And it looked a little funny in the light. I'll say this. Charlemagne reminded people and he was not wrong that at one point in time, years ago, him and Lil Duval had a YouTube show called hood state of the union. I do remember that too. And he also reminded people that, um, he, he was, he was, that he had talked to Netflix before they had ever talked to Joe. Um, when I listened to both, that was of them, another point. He said Charlemagne had came out and said that he had talked to. He he didn't know Charlemagne didn't know anything about Netflix talking to Joe, and he had been talking to Netflix. And then you know, then he then they just offered him the show. He did preface like before he started. He was like, "I want to ask y'all some stuff, and I want to run it by y'all to make sure that." And it I'm sucks because Roy Mott always always agreed him on these type of things, especially Roy. Roy, I know the 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 that the, 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 the show has made some like the dynamic where they all kind of have their own opinions, but Roy nine times out of ten is. Well, Maul kind of said, Maul kind of said, "Well, you really can't be mad. You can't be mad. You gave up too much information." He was like, "You gave up too much sauce. That's on you. You got to live with that. Like you was talking too much on the phone." And that's on you. You got to live with that, man. That's, that's your fault that they got that. They ran these ideas by you. You told them what you liked. You told them what you didn't like. That's your fault. I think Joe, like he said on the podcast, he gets into his head. He sits down and he overthinks too much. And I think that's what that was. I think that was him sitting. I think that was him sitting down and seeing all of that unfold and then sit there and think, well, you know. That's awfully similar to what I'm doing. And yeah, I, I like come on, man. I think that's what that was a case of. Like Charlemagne doing State of the Flow. Well, his show and Scotty's show, from my understanding at least, are basically spin spinoffs of the the competition shows of, of Rhythm and Flow. That's basically what their shows are. So it doesn't really fit what you do because they're spinning off and they're branching off of an already existing show. And you definitely don't do a competition show. Yeah, I mean, neither one. It's, they, they'll be over in a couple of days. They will. They'll so, laugh, be laughing about it on Twitter or money. Instagram or something. Yeah, because I, yeah, I think Joe kind of just forgot at the moment. Like, hey, Charlamagne's kind of already been doing this for a while. Like, it's not. This is not Charlamagne doing this is not new at all. Yeah, and I'm with Maul. Mm, you said too much on the phone. Yeah, like so. you just gave up way too much info. You, 
You gave him too much sauce, bro, on the phone, and that was that's on you. Yeah, be alright, baby. Austin Music Experience time. Um, Austin Music Experience is a new segment that me and Fresh started that reflects on the music scene in Austin and our thoughts on it. Um, this one I came up with on the way walking into the building <laughs> was certain groups in the city that tout diversity or tout wanting to support or help the urban scene here, but are full of white people. Man. Like, okay, granted, this city is losing black people at a faster rate than any other city in the country. Um, the city has a bad <laughs> habit of... Um, silencing people of color when it comes to them trying to insert their needs and wants when it comes to different things, whether it be housing, uh, jobs, music. Which I really just read a great article on the whole urban renewal development plan back in like 99. So like, yeah, it all fits. But um, lately I've been seeing and just noticing like a lot of like organizations that deal with music in the city. They tout diversity. They promote hip hop shows somewhat. But when I look at their, their, Look at their uh, the the jobs, the, the the pictures of people that work there. I don't see any black or brown people in those rooms. Uh, Austin music scene is growing. It's growing. It's growing in a great direction. I think we're on a new renaissance, especially urban wise. But in, in well, let me say this: in in turn of starting this and being on the breaks, we've run into a lot of people who yes, are gatekeepers in the city, and we notice a lot of them don't have any black friends. To me, if you're going to be diverse, if you're going to promote hip-hop shows, you'd have black and brown people a part of that because more than likely who, people who are going to perform at these shows are going to be black or brown. Don't tell me about diversity if I look at a picture and I see them with white people. And if you go to these, if you go to a meeting that's touted as diversity and it's full of white people and you don't walk out, I question your loyalty to Well, you don't say anything while sitting there. Like, hey, so I don't have pictures. a couple people of a you know, certain melatonin hue in here. What the? You know. But anyway, that's my thoughts. What are your thoughts? Um, as I said, if you go to one of these meetings and you're sitting there and you're looking around the room and everybody's there has no pigmentation, you need to say something. If not, walk out like one or the other. Like you either just get up and say, yeah, yeah, I'm not going to participate in this or say if I'm going to be a part of this and we're going to be talking about diversity and inclusion, we need to really live by those words. I was like you said, Austin has a great reputation of touting the words, you know, that we're so inclusive and so progressive and so diverse. It just really means we like dogs sitting at the table at the restaurants. It doesn't really, <laughs> it doesn't really mean that we're really about the diversity. From what I've seen from my 30 years of living, living and growing up here, that's my experience. Now, when it comes to the music scene, I just, I have an issue with, like you said, Y'all promote all of these events. Y'all love the breaks. Y'all love the breaks. Y'all love what we do here. But we or people who look like us aren't necessarily in the rooms helping make decisions to push the scene forward. That's an issue because don't tell me that, you know, you want to do diverse things. You you really want to help the urban music scene. But nobody from the urban music scene is from the urban community. And I'm not talking about like, don't give me a room of like 20 people and you say, well, we did invite some people of color and it's like two. Don't do that. I'm all for allies. I'm all for allies. I'm, I love the fact that they support us, that they support the scene, that they want the scene to be bigger. But come on, you, you don't tell me that and then don't have any of us in the room or have any of us as decision makers. And like you said, don't say, yeah, well, we got some, but you know, it's just, it's, it's just these two because then those two start looking like the tokens or just the designated ones. 
And excuse me, that's not fair. And that's not right. So you got to have more, especially if you're going to just be on camera on news stations touting that you're working on diversity. That's my piece. I mean, that's all, that's all we got to say on that. That's all we got to say on that. So, you know. Say hi to the people, CP Looney. What's good, little Looney? Thanks for coming through. Thanks for coming through. Yeah, appreciate it, appreciate it, appreciate it. Really? On this very busy night. And so I love. Really excited to have you through here, man. Your, your album rollout has been immaculate. Thank it's you, bro. It's been one of the better album rollouts I've seen uh, in the city. Facts. Man, I appreciate it. I, I mean, I, I'm honored to actually be here with, um, with the bros, people that uh been with me through my journey. Um, I know Aaron Knight, man. He he been knowing I've been doing music before I was even putting it out and put. I mean, he been on the Rebel tape for about three or four years. Like, bro, <laughs> what's up with that Rebel tape? So, you know, what I'm saying I was That's I was dope. glad I could finally put it out for him, man. That's so. dope. This is an amazing tape, man. That intro is hard. Thank you, bro. I appreciate man, it. Man, my business partner Ray was telling me, "See, heard that uh, CP Looney?" I said, "Yeah, I've heard it." He said, "That intro, I played it right now." I was like, <laughs> "Man, that's what's up." Okay, so it's circulating. All right? I like that. Yeah. So let's get things. Let's just dive right off into this. Get things started, man. So, what was the inspiration behind the Rebel tape? Because I, I know when people hear Rebel, they think militant. They think um, Black Panthers. They think Malcolm X. They think um, riots. So, what was mm-hmm. the, the the inspiration for you in making? A project and naming it Rebel Tape. I mean, just being a. Re- I mean, uh, the definition of a rebel can be like you know you, you basically. Uh, I I would say the definition is like standing up, and being to the opposition of, let's say you say the government or whatever. But ne- not necessarily for me. It's just rebel to me is being a leader, because I feel like as far as being a rebel and being somebody who's different, you gotta be a leader. Right. You know, you you're not a follower. So. That was my whole thing of being a rebel, uh, being a leader and um, standing up for what I believe and, and being in this music industry, tr- trying to make it, but doing it my way and not having to be like everybody else. You know, I can build a new path for, for people that's, that's like me and, and, and show them that we can win and, and be true to ourselves without, you know, selling our soul or whatever you want to call it. You right, know? right. Staying true to who you are and still being successful. You know what I'm saying? So. Rebel to me is, is being a leader. So uh, I stood on that heavily with, with it being my debut project and the introduction of, of who I am as a person through my music. That's dope. That's dope. So what is the C.P. Looney story? You know, the, the saying is always your first album is the chronicle of your life between when you were born until when the album dropped. So what is the C.P. Looney story like? Would you go to school? You know, how would you growing up? All that type right, of stuff. C.P. Looney, um, born and raised in Austin, Texas. That's where I got the C.P from recently um i'm from colony park texas 78724 oh yeah stand up you know what i'm saying <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> new fresh is gonna do that <laughs> so um yeah born and raised in austin texas i graduated from uh, lbj high school i started rapping when i was 13 uh, my dad he had a, a a record label you know an indie record label where he had artists based out of ohio because that's where he's from he's from cincinnati ohio yeah so he had a, a, a lot of artists from cincinnati ohio that's who that was just this it was like wu-tang it was just like a big group of artists and they were just going in all the time. And uh, if y'all familiar with the um, boxer, Adrian Broner, oh, yeah. he was actually a part of that at one point in time. You know what I'm oh, saying? Wow. So we got a little history. Yeah. 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 You know what I'm saying? But, uh, so he, he, he started his record label and, um, one day I just came home from school and it was a in-house studio 
And me being the person I am, I'm like, I'm going to try anything that I see in front of me. So as far, you know, positive. So he was like, hop in the booth. And it started for me just freestyling all the time. He wasn't even really recording me. Uh, I, I give a lot of credit to my pops because when I started rapping and wanted to take it serious, I probably recorded over 100 songs before he actually recorded me and put it out. He was like, if you want to do this, then you got to make sure you're ready. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You're not just going to be advice. doing this. So uh, I, I credit him for a lot of the success I've had recently, you know, cause just instilling that, you know, whatever you do, even if you want to be a janitor, you're going to be the best janitor in the world. Yeah. So with you doing it as long as you have, have done it and at the point where you are now, what would you say, if any, are some of the hardships you had to face with being just here in Austin in the industry, mm. creating music, trying to find your way and all of that? I would say, first of all, is the hardest thing I had to deal with is myself, um, battling myself because, you know, it's, you know, it's like we naturally got that, that, that mind, right. I mean, that, that voice in our head telling us, uh, um, you might not be good enough, you know, people might not like it. You know, when you, when you try to do something you really want to do, you, you just always got that negative voice in your head. And, uh, that was, that was my biggest fear, learning how to overcome that to be successful. You have to be fearless. And I'm at that point now where I don't got that little voice in my head no more. I got a positive voice. Like, whatever happens, you're going to have obstacles. Right. You know, you're going to have hardships, but you got to keep pushing. It's not losses, it's lessons. So, you're you're a longtime Austinite. Thank you, by the way, because we don't meet that many, not that many <laughs> right, of us anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, what, what do you feel about the Austin hip-hop scene? Because you, just like you, me and Fresh, you've seen it all your life. So, what do you feel? how do you feel about it now and how do you feel about it before before you got into the game? Um, it's a lot of great artists. I think the Austin music scene is is rising, man. It's especially like in the last couple years, like two thousand eighteen was a good run for us. Two thousand nineteen is a good run for us. Um, I'm loving it. I love everybody in the city. Um, anybody that's doing it from the city, like I got a lot of love for. It. And I just feel like we just need to get outside that box and just network more and showcase who we are. You know what I'm saying? Cause um, we got a voice too. You know, yeah. you always hear about Houston and Dallas. When you come to Texas, but Austin has a voice too, and I just feel like we just we just gotta be fearless and and not be scared to show show people who we are. Yeah. Like with this shit, I'm just I'm inviting people into my life, to my struggle. They gon' feel my pain, and when they feel my pain, they gon' know it's a rebel story. <laughs> now it's time for our second seg- second segment of the night. Boy, it's a tongue twister. Second segment of the night. Unpopular opinion with Mr. Fresh himself. Yay, yay. Get my ice cube on. Get my ice cube on. We be clubbing? But no, that's not my unpopular opinion. <laughs> my unpopular opinion. So I believe it took this took place last week. T.I., I'm not sure where he was. I just saw this, the, the headline. But I think he was on a podcast or he was on his podcast. And he said the biggest thing that tainted his legacy was... Iggy Azalea and supporting and standing behind Iggy Azalea. And I just want to say, Tip, what the hell are you talking about, bruh? Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what you think that's what tainted your legacy. I really want to sit down with T.I. and ask him first off what he thinks the definition of taint is, what his definition of taint is, and 
bruh, you got arrested at the BET Awards for selling guns. You don't think that has something to do with tainting your legacy? You don't think some of them subpar albums has something to do with tainting your legacy? You don't think telling your wife that were you an Oz or legacy? Like, bruh, you don't think all of that kind of played into tainting? You don't think standing next to, uh, what's the old boy name? Alpha Mega, the, uh, the informant, tainted your legacy a tad bit? A tad bit more than Iggy Azalea? Now, I agree. Iggy Azalea couldn't shut her mouth after she put her foot into it and kept inserting it in there. But she didn't taint your legacy. And you don't tout that Travis Scott is still under you. That's what you need to be touting. Not that Iggy Azalea tainted your legacy. That's something that could probably remove that from your legacy. But since T.I. had to say that, I got some stats for you, Tip. Fancy, her Iggy Azalea single, peaked at number one. The song she was on with Ariana Grande, No Problems, peaked at number two on Billboard. Iggy Azalea currently has sold 48 million records and 22 million singles in the United States. Tip, I'm sorry, bro. That kind of helps your legacy after all the other stuff we ran down, bro. Like, as I said, she should have shut her mouth when she said a lot of the stuff that she said. But she kind of was helping you out there for a minute, bro, because you weren't had, you didn't really have an album out. You didn't have a hot song. Like, the Young Thug joint was, like, your biggest, has been your biggest song since in a while, bro. Like, it's been your biggest one in a while. Like, you, like, the... The Usa Else EP was good. That was good, man. I even liked the whole when you extended it and made it a whole album. You didn't need to make it a whole album, but I liked it. Um, the last project you put out, what was it? The Nick Tape or something like that? Or the Dime Pack or something? The Dime Trap or something like that? That was cool. But she kind of helped your legacy, bro. Like, her and Travis, like, bro, you should be praising them more because they really helped you out. And I saw a lot of people trying to defend... Like, and talk down on Iggy. It was some video that was making its rounds around social media. And people was like, you know, she spent all that money on that. She spent all that money on that video for that song to be unforgettable. But I'm sure that single is selling somewhere. People are, I'm sure somebody somewhere is streaming that single. She's still getting booked. She's still selling records. So, like, kind of helps you out, Tip. I'm just saying, bro. That, that, that's not what tainted your legacy at all. By far, that's not what tainted your legacy. Granted, maybe he should have clarified and said it. Maybe well, he did say that it tainted his legacy as a music executive because I guess he was trying to say that the music industry still blames him for the rise of Iggy or whatever. Do I need to read the stats, kid? But I know, right? <laughs> like nobody's the, the executive who signed Vanilla Ice ain't complaining about Vanilla Ice. I'm like, just saying, like Fancy peaked at number one. No problems with Ariana Grande peaked at number two. She sold a total of 48 million records. She sold 22 million singles currently in the U.S. Hey, look, I'm not arguing. <laughs> like, I, I'm still trying to figure out where his like where that tainted his legacy. Just, I guess he's talking about, because like you said, Iggy just put her foot in mouth a lot. I, and I get that. It's just... Tokyo Jets tainted your legacy as a record exec, bro. I'm sorry. Tokyo Jets has gone nowhere fast. No, uh, young LA Danger Rings. <laughs> that too. Stand- that man got beat up on World Star. Dan tried to say that. That's your partner. Hey, he was signing you. <laughs> I saw that Grand Hustle chain. <laughs> he was he was on the Ain't I Remix. Man, can you imagine if DG Yola had stayed with him? Mm, I like DG Yola. Oh, man. Take me back to a simpler time. 
That's what DJ Yola said too. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> nah, I don't agree with Tip on that one, man. That, nah, bro, like you gotta you gotta chill out, Tip. Like, like don't say that it tainted your legacy. Like ah, a lot your 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 storied career. Yeah, that's a that's a strong statement, man. <laughs> Once again, you told your wife about your affair <laughs> and the other woman. Were you at odds with her? That was your justification for sleeping with that woman that your wife hired, that you knew she hired. That's wild. That's still wild. But yeah, you know. <laughs> That's the best justification I've ever heard a man say for cheating. That's just <laughs> where you at odds with her. But yeah, that's my unpopular opinion. Uh, if you don't like it, I don't really care. Do you care any other time? Nah. Exactly. <laughs> First things first, I'm the realest. realest. Drop this and let the whole world feel it. Let them feel it. And I'm still in the murder business. I can hold you down like I'm giving lessons in physics. Right, right. And now we are at the point of the night. We are at our last segment where we get a little bit of wisdom imparted on us to help us with our ongoing lives. Here is Confucius Says. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's Confucius, Confucius Says time. Which, by the way, I will give you guys details later on. I'll be taking Future Says on the road, and by on the road, I'm taking it to a club <laughs> in Austin. Or I'll be playing, you know, up and coming hip hop, hip hop, and all that stuff for all you good. You're going to be preaching. I'm not going to be talking. The good word. Through my turntables. <laughs> so come out and have a drink. Uh, it'll be happening sometime next month. I'll give you details. Uh, and no Fresh will not be there. Me and Fresh do do solo albums from time to time. <laughs> so. This is very true. Well, Fresh will be there, but he's not going to be on the mic or anything like that. Yeah, I won't. I'll just be there cooling and cut, drinking. You drinking, know what I mean? So. Shout out to that. But yeah, Confucius says this week is about, um, okay, so let me let me preface with this. A few years ago, me and a friend of mine, Marcus J, went to Atlanta for the A3C conference, which just happened, I think, last week in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And we made it a point to go to a lot of panels. We went to a panel about artist management. And on the panel, uh, one of the guys up there was Freeway's manager. His name is Blame the Label on uh, Twitter. Uh, he's a Middle Eastern guy, very, very, very smart, very knowledgeable about the music industry. He was telling the story of when Kanye came. And uh, so before he told that story, a guy got up and asked him why he was having a hard time finding management that understood that he was a visionary who was talented in many different things. The dude said he did music, he produced, he wrote movies, he photography, all these different creative things. And so the dude, uh, Freeway's manager said, he said, you know, I was a Rockefeller when Kanye got there. And Kanye came in talking that mess like, oh, you know, I can rap, I can produce, I can do all these different things. He said, Dame and Biggs and Jay told him like, yeah, that's fine. Everything. We just want the beats. Like, do good at the beats and then we'll talk later. Um, so the guy's point was that you need to conquer one thing really, really good first before you move on to other things. Not saying you can't still work on those other things, but don't come into a room with important people trying to run off a list of things you can do because that those important people need you for one thing right now. Um, and so what I mean by knowing your place is just knowing your place in life. Okay. So I can DJ and I feel like I'm pretty good at radio. I also went to film school for a little bit, but you don't hear about that much because going to film school don't pay nobody's bills for me right now. Um, I know that in order for me to maybe continue my dream of getting into film, I have to get really, really good at radio and I have to get really, really good at DJing or just really, really good at other things I have going on. Put you in the room. Exactly. So knowing your place in life is just knowing your strengths and weaknesses. A lot of you don't know your strengths and weaknesses. You think because, hey, I watch a lot of basketball, I can play basketball or, or because I listen to a lot of music, I know music. And you really don't. You have to know where you land at in life. You're not meant to do everything. Um, when you think you can do everything, that's when you end up wasting time and failing when you could have just honed in on the thing you're really, really good at and going from there. Um, being in music, me and Fresh run to people all the time. We, you know, we talk to them about music. They start running off other things they do, they got going on. And me, to be honest with you, this, I'm speaking for myself, but I'm pretty sure Fresh agrees. I don't care. I really don't care. If we meet you as a rapper, don't tell me about you trying to start no web series. I don't care about none of that. 
Oh, yeah, that's fine. Bro, send the music. Yeah, I definitely don't. Especially right. if I'm coming to you specifically for the music and you start trying to sell me on something else you're doing, bro, I don't care. Just, I don't get, care. just, just send the song, bro. Once again, everybody can be good at multiple things. There's nothing wrong with that. Michael Jordan thought he could play baseball, but at the end of the day, Michael Jordan knew what side of his Granted, career was he wasn't better. that bad at baseball. We just didn't want to see him play baseball. No, it wasn't that he wasn't that bad at baseball. Just he was a way better basketball player. That too. So he, like I said, he knew what side of his, he wasn't selling no shoes off. He wasn't selling no baseball shoes. Nah, Nike wasn't giving him that deal. So, <laughs> so you got to know, you got to know where your strengths and weaknesses are. But that's just life. Understanding what you're good at, what you're not good at, and also knowing that when you're in the room talking to people about your strengths. Hone in on one good thing that you can. I'm not. I know I'm a pretty decent DJ, so I'm always going to talk about DJing. I'm going to talk about radio because I've proven myself in both those lanes. I can talk about that. Me DJing is not some unknown thing that nobody knows about. Me writing scripts is very unknown, so I don't talk about it. But for the longest time, when uh, when me and Fresh both had a music label, yes, we had a music label at one point in time. I didn't tell nobody about that because I was broken. I wasn't working in that field. I was working somewhere else. I look like saying, like, you know, I got a music label. I'm like, yeah, yeah, but you clocked in five minutes late today. That that, that had that work. But now I can tell people like I do radio. How do you know? Because it's my paycheck. And you hear me on the radio. Oh, I DJ. He went to a club and saw me there. Are you see my flyers? But a lot of y'all just do these old secret, secret talent things that don't mean nothing that nobody cares about. So yeah, just know your place in life, and you don't waste time. You can move forward in a great and productive way. And that's my Confucius says. This week for Local Song of the Week, we have Drent with his single, Make Your Body Say. Drent has been making waves in the scene for the last two years, performing consistently and releasing music on a regular basis. You can follow Drent on Instagram and Twitter at Just Drent. And now, here's Make Your Body Say by Drent. Hey, 
podcast is a production of KTX 989, the Austin Music Experience. You can listen to The Breaks show live every Saturday night from 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. This podcast is produced by Confucius Jones, Fresh Knight, and Elizabeth McQueen. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We are at The Breaks KTX, and you can find more episodes at KTX.org slash The Breaks. Our theme music was written and performed by Austin's own DZ Brown. KUT's next ATX Explained Live show is April 3rd. Brand new stories about Austin's people, places, and culture told live on stage by your favorite KUT journalists. I've never gotten any specific invites from Steiner Ranch. And that's about the time Charlie chomped down on that chicken. I will hypnotize you into securing my law services. Join us April 3rd at the Paramount Theater for KUT's next ATX Explained Live. Tickets are on sale now. Get them at austintheater.org. And we'll see you there.